0: This gospel is one that I think has given me a lot of just like thoughts over the years, right? Because you're sitting there and you're going, man, this doesn't make a lot of sense that this guy who works out in the field all day long gets the same thing as the guy who shows up at the end. It just doesn't quite make sense. And this is something that I've thought about over the years in a seminary, you know, you get to dive into scripture and study about it more and pray with it and even this last week praying with it a few times and It's a very deep, deep truth that's shown here about our Lord, but I think it shows how easy it is for us to take our own human understanding of the world, really our own secular understanding of the world, and try to apply it to God. We go to the store, We want to buy something, it's $3.99, you pay your $3.99, you get your item. If someone comes and works at your house, you agree on what they're going to do, They get it done and you pay them. This is an example of how, when we try to to take our own understanding and put it towards God, His ways are not our ways, as it says in the first reading. His understanding of love and mercy and His relationship with us is not that modern understanding, it's something deeper. It's a promise, it's a covenant. We talked about a couple weeks ago the word chesed. It's this word that the Hebrews used for for God's relationship with us, his love for us. And I talked about how it's not a love that makes sense in our mind. It's not a love that counts the cost. It's a a gift uh, of everything. But even there, that's not quite even capturing the fullness of the word because it is that relationship that he has with us which is a covenantal relationship that from the beginning God said to Adam and Eve you know I'll give you a place to live I'll give you everything that you need to be happy and then of course sin enters in the world and he makes these covenants ultimately with Abraham and says you know I'm going to start with you but there's going to be a path to redeeming this relationship ultimately leaving to me giving you my son of course, God's side of this covenant is, is that overwhelmingly loving Hessin. But we have a role in this as well. It's a covenantal love. It's a promise between the two of us. And God is saying that I'm inviting you to participate in life with me. I'm inviting you to open your heart and to choose whether it's one thing or another to, to serve me. So that you can know me and, and love me and serve me to be happy with me and the next life. So it's it's it is a back and forth that if we're open to it, now we can't earn heaven. That's a it's called Jansenism, it's a heresy. But not everyone is going to have the same place in heaven. Now we see these two people in the gospel. There's the one who's been working there the whole day. Now this is kind of this is the cradle Catholic. This is the person who, you know, just grew up and they're baptized and, all right, I'm a part of the Catholic faith. But he doesn't quite realize the gift that he has. He doesn't quite realize the beauty of living a life with Christ. He's always looking over his shoulder. It's kind of like the other son and the prodigal son, that person who's been with the father the whole time, they're like, hey, you never threw a party for me. His a little, little tantrum. It's not a thing. So here's these guys, and they come to Jesus at the end of the day, like, whoa, 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 whoa. They've been out here for like 30 minutes. I went to church my whole life, and we're going to get the same thing? What's that all about? Obviously, there's a disconnect. He doesn't realize how beautiful, how beautiful it is to live a life of grace. And brothers and sisters, living out the Christian life is the, best, is the best way. Just look out in the world for two seconds to see the unhappiness. You know, why we lost people. Uh, there's like so many celebrities out there. It's hard to even think of like one name. But a lot of them have said, I know I mentioned a couple months ago, Bob Dylan is like, it took me getting to the top to realize how worthless this all is. That we don't have God at the center of our relationship it doesn't make sense. So, yes. It is work to be a Christian. It is hard. It's not favorable, especially now. People look at us and go, you're crazy. How can you believe all those things? How can you want the family to be the family and life to be life? <laughs> well, that's a different outline. But brothers and sisters, this invitation that we have to live with God is incredible. And this person in the gospel, they missed, they, missed, they missed it a little bit. And then that, this guy at the end, he comes in. Maybe he might be the person who has faith. Their whole life, they believe in Jesus. Maybe they didn't always do the right thing. Maybe they stumbled and, and fell and didn't give it their all. But at the end of the day, they knew that Jesus was Jesus. And they lived their life with him being first. And got it right in the end. So the example that we understand, St. Thomas talks about how our understanding of happiness in heaven, we're all going to be perfectly happy, but it won't be the same thing. Another saint, St. Teresa Flower, talks about the thimble, the bucket, the pool, the ocean, they can all be full, but to say a pool is full and a thimble is full are very different things. My analogy of the situation is the Super Bowl. That when we're in heaven, we're all going to be there, to say, I've been to the Super Bowl, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But there is a huge difference, brothers and sisters, between being up in the standing standing only and the nosebleeds, where they don't even have hot dogs up there, versus being in the skybox, versus being at the 50-yard line right on the field, versus Mother Teresa scoring a touchdown in the game, right? There's a different experience of the same thing but it's all heaven. So the brother, the question is, not whether or not we wanna get to heaven, but how much of God's life do we wanna know? How far into heaven do we wanna see ourselves being? Exactly. We wanna go all the way. Shout it from the rooftops. C.S. Lewis talks about in The Great Divorce, that great divorce between between heaven and hell, that as we're going deeper into heaven, boundless hills and the majestic mountains, we can't exhaust God's love. That Hesed, it's infinite. It's forever. But we're invited. We're invited, brothers and sisters, to continually in each season of our life to surrender a little bit more of our heart, to let God's life come into us, to say no to the things of the world that we think might be giving us happiness, and realizing the great gift of faith that we have right here. The great honor it is to build the kingdom, to increase the faith in our families, and our community. So brothers and sisters, as we receive communion today, I ask you, where are you in this story? Have you been working in the vineyard, but always looking over your shoulder, wondering if someone else is doing quite enough or maybe having a better time than you? Or is the Lord inviting you to appreciate a little bit more of what it means to be in love with Him, in relationship with Him, living a life which His grace flows through every moment? We're all invited to know Him in a deeper way, but that part's up to us. That part, we need to say yes to. That's where free will comes in. It's a beautiful thing. So brothers and sisters, where do you want to be in heaven? The Lord wants to give you everything, but you've got to say yes, and oh, how sweet it will be when we say yes and live that life of grace in heaven.